You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing fantastic. Got a lot to talk about, a lot of football today ahead on the show. Our film review from the UAB game, the bowl game. We'll talk about what I took away after re-watching the game. I've got a lot of notes. We'll comb through those. We'll also talk about James Empey officially declaring for the NFL draft. Shouldn't come as that big of a surprise, but we'll talk about that as well as the women's basketball program in action today as they wrap up non-conference play up in Montana and also move up in the national ranking. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today by our title sponsor, Sonos. They're the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, without further ado, though, let's dive in on a Tuesday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 21st, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. And thank you for your support. It's Christmas time, obviously, so hope you guys are enjoying some time with the family and friends. And please continue to share this with those family and friends who are BYU fans. Tell them this is a daily podcast. It's free, it's simple, and they can listen to it right in the comfort of their own home, their car, whatever they're doing. It's right there on their mobile device, and it's, and once again, free. I mean, that's the best part about it. So thank you for your support, as always. And let's fire off today talking about some pretty big news out of BYU. The first official announcement from a BYU player that he is foregoing the remainder of his eligibility to enter the NFL draft, and that is James Empey, BYU offensive lineman, the starting center for the better part of the last four or five years. He is going to the NFL, and this should not come as a surprise to anybody, I feel like, because it seemed like the writing was on the wall for James that this was going to be his final season in a BYU uniform. He never outright said that this is my final go-around with the team, but after dealing with um, injuries over the past two years, there was no doubt that he needed to go and pursue his opportunities at the NFL level. I don't know necessarily that James ultimately gets drafted. Uh, I could see him maybe sneaking in 6th and 7th round potentially if he were to have very good testing, but that requires him to be fully healthy and obviously to have very impressive numbers to see himself have his name called. The, the other issue on this is his age. He's going to be, I believe, 24, maybe 25 when the draft rolls around. So in typical BYU fashion, some NFL franchises will hold that against him. As an offense of linemen, it's not necessarily as bad's probably the wrong term there. It's not as necessarily uh, a negative as a lineman to be older like that as it would be for a wide receiver in the case of a guy like Neil Pau potentially, but it's still something that certain franchises, once you get to a certain age, they just simply kind of cross you off a list. They just don't see you as a valuable piece. So I just, I, I look at this and I think it's a big opportunity for this young man to go prove what he does. Even if James is an undrafted free agent, in some cases it's actually better to be an undrafted free agent once it comes around to the seventh round because you can pick your spot. You can look at rosters, see what offensive linemen are on those rosters, and then kind of pick where you want to go and your agent can get to work for you. 
I think that James, if given the right opportunity, he absolutely could be a guy who ends up as a low-end NFL starter. At the very worst, I feel like he is a swing lineman, a guy capable of playing all three of the interior offensive line positions. And the value in that is at the NFL level with the 53-man roster, typically NFL teams have eight offensive linemen actives, in some cases even just seven offensive linemen active for any given game. They have their five starters. The other two or three guys have to be capable of playing two, if not three positions at any given moment. I believe that James Empey has the versatility to be that type of a guy for the interior offensive line. He is not going to be a tackle. He is not playing left or right tackle in the NFL. But if you need him to play left guard, right guard, and especially center, he is going to be your guy. I am a huge believer in James Empey. He has got great bloodlines. His dad was a former All-American for BYU, a longtime coach. Speaking of Mike Empey, obviously did two different stints as the offensive line coach at BYU. So he has been coached well. He knows the game inside and out. He is a guy who is absolutely phenomenal as a center in terms of identifying the calls, relaying that to his offensive lineman, to his left and his right, and making sure that they're all on the same page. It's actually a big key, I feel, like BYU missed out on down the stretch of this season. And we're going to talk more about my takeaways from the UAB game here in a moment, but I, I really think that BYU is going to realize what they are missing when James Empey is officially gone. I, I like Connor Pay. I, I really do. I think Connor Pay is the future center for BYU, but I, just the, the ability to organize your guys, to lead them into battle, to make sure everybody's on the same page, it's a skill that you have to have developed as a center, and James Empey was coached from a very young age to have that skill. His dad had him well-versed in it. He's done his entire life, and I wish him the best as he moves on to the NFL. Now, as I mentioned, I really think that he could end up potentially as a starter if given the right opportunity in the NFL. He has to find the right spot for himself, and obviously, health has got to stay on his side. He's battled injury for the better part of two years. Obviously, NFL franchises are going to look into that. They're going to scrutinize the type of injuries he had, why he was out, if he is injury prone in their eyes, all of that is going to be scrutinized in this. And if it comes out that he can keep himself healthy, he can go into an NFL franchise, whether as a late round draft pick or as an undrafted free agent, and prove he is capable of being one of the seven or eight best offensive linemen in any given NFL camp, he'll be on that roster. And I'll be rooting for him. At the very worst, James Empey will spend next year on a practice squad developing his skills and potentially getting a late call-up to an active roster. He is that good, folks. I am a huge fan of James Empey, number 66. BYU is going to miss him. Think about it this way. BYU has had two centers for the better part of almost a decade who manned that spot. T. John Caroma, a former freshman All-American, was a four-year starter. James Empey came home off of a mission, stepped right into that spot when T. John Caroma's eligibility expired, and he's been the guy for another four or five years. It's been almost a decade-long run with two guys manning what I call the pivot position. I know that uh, pivot isn't the perfect uh, moniker for that position, but it's one that my offensive line coach in high school called it. And it's crazy to think the run that they've had. And Connor Pay, he's on track to make it a, just a, a run of three guys in over a decade if he continues on the track he's on. So, been a lot of good offensive linemen that BYU have had, and I very much wish James Empey nothing but the best as he moves forward with his playing career here. And obviously, I, for one, will be rooting him on wherever he lands in the NFL. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll talk a little bit about what I took away. I promised you guys I would watch the film of the UAB game once again, right? 
down my notes. Well, we're going to dive into all of those over the next little bit as we round out today's show. It's going to take up the majority of the rest of the show. I have a lot of notes, a lot of thoughts. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at NetSuite. My friends, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite as well. Over 28,000 businesses have already used it NetSuite and use it now. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked, L-O-C-K-E-D, for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Once again, visit them now at netsuite.com locked. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview is rolling right now. Download it for free wherever you get your podcasts. It's a really, really cool resource for the upcoming postseason that, I guess technically matters? I don't know. But let's talk a little bit about the postseason for BYU, their final game of the 2021 season. And folks, this is my analysis after re-watching this game. I rewatch it so you guys don't have to. I know a number of you probably want to burn that tape and never ever think about that UAB game again, but that's why I'm here to share my thoughts on it as we go through this. So let's start off with this. Uh, the way I did it, because I felt like I was going to have a number of notes, I am going to do the first half of notes in this part of the podcast, then we'll take a short break, and then we'll talk a little bit about the second half. So let's start off here. Here we go. Number one. David Nixon in the post game on BYU uh, BYU TV was absolutely railing on BYU's linebacker play in this game, and it's something that Hans Olsen, a guy that I have sat next to for I think eleven of the thirteen games BYU played this year, we have watched them together. And Hans has mentioned this to me multiple times, especially since early on when Keenan Peely went out due to injury, and then especially after Peyton Wilgar was lost for the year. Hans Olsen pointed it out time and time again. And David Nixon, a former BYU linebacker, a guy who played in the NFL, a guy who knows the linebacker position inside and out, absolutely just mercilessly tagging BYU's linebackers for their inability to play against the run. That is something that BYU cannot afford to have. And starting next week, we're going to do what I call my debriefings. We're going to go position by position. We're going to talk about the position groups and how they performed during the previous season. We did it last year after the 2020 season. And this year, the linebacking core... I, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but there is going to be some heat, I can tell you that much. And in this game, BYU's linebackers were not up to snuff. They just could not come up and attack. Ben Bywater, in my opinion, is the only guy in that linebacking core that played against UAB who is a starting caliber linebacker. And even then, if you get a fully healthy Ben Bywater versus a fully healthy Max Tooley, because Max Tooley, as he pointed out on social media, suffered a pretty gnarly sprained ankle, it looked like, in the first quarter of that game and battled through it. If you have a healthy Max Tooley, a healthy Peyton Wilgar, and a healthy Keaton Peely, Ben Bywater is a second-string linebacker. It's simply... 
that's how it is. The other guys that were playing linebacker in this game included guys like Matt Criddle, Morgan Piper. Love you to death, guys, but they are walk-ons for a reason, folks. And BYU relying on them to play against the run, most of them weighing probably around 200 pounds, just not going to do. The linebacking play was subpar at best, and it has to improve. I'm not saying that the defensive line is exempted from this, but the defensive line, I thought, had better moments than the linebacking core by and large in this game. I actually like what Tyler Batty did. I thought Pepe Tanuvasa did some good things. I even thought Caden Hawes had his moments in this game. But just overall, as a defense, the rush defense was absolutely piss poor. That's straight up enough for you guys on how BYU performed in this game. Just horrendous. Other things. BYU's offensive line reinserted Harris LeChance into the offensive line, and they kind of rotated him and uh, Campbell Barrington throughout the game. They're out of sync early. It seemed like four guys would do their job. One guy didn't, and it blew up a play. They just could not get out of their own way. The other thing is BYU's quarterback run game. It is something that if you're going to have an offense that you feel like you can just plug and play a guy, it's got to work. Baylor Romney is not Jaron Hall. The quarterback run game with Baylor Romney does not work the same way it works with Jaron Hall. I got mad respect for Aaron Roderick and the rest of the BYU offensive coaching staff, but to think that Baylor Romney is going to run speed options, QB draws, etc., the way that Jaron Hall does was a complete oversight on their part, and it absolutely did not work, especially late in this game. That, that speed option that turned into an absolute cluster, just can't have it. You just cannot have that. You cannot. So uh, that's one thing. Also, uh, the slow court, first quarter for BYU where it seemed like they were just out of sync and just simply didn't want to be there, it doomed them. In retrospect, you fall behind 14 nothing. You're behind the sticks, and BYU ultimately never really recovered from that. I know that they took the lead going in. It was in the fourth quarter when they took that lead, but still. Did anybody feel like that they were safely ahead and had regained the momentum? I sure didn't. And rewatching that game, it never seemed like they did. And it just never felt like it was BYU's game. Other things, uh, Dylan Hopkins versus Gunnar Romney. There's a term I have heard from uh, certain people that I talk to who know football far better than I. And I, I feel like I know football really well. It's my favorite sport. It's something I have spent my entire life watching. And I have heard about things called weatherproof arms. Guys who in any condition have the arm to make all of the throws. In this game, Dylan Hopkins, UAB's quarterback, had a weatherproof arm. Gunnar Romney did not. Uh, not Gunnar Romney. Baylor Romney did not. I apologize. His brother, Baylor Romney, did not have the weatherproof arm. And the funny thing about it was, as I was watching this, I'm like, hey, he doesn't have that arm. What is going on with this? A lot of throws, underthrown, wobbly passes coming out, the rain really affecting his grip, it seemed like. The funny thing about this is, think back to 2019, his very first start in a BYU uniform as a third-string quarterback. He leads an upset of Boise State in what type of weather conditions? Cold and rainy. Exact same thing that we saw against UAB and actually probably would have been warmer there in Shreveport, but I don't know. It just was not the best day for Baylor Romney, and I'm not going to say that it's all on him because, trust me, this is a team game. You have to have guys competing together. Uh, the fourth quarter, the fourth down decisions, uh, to, to throw it underneath to Tyler, Tyler Algier, I get that you need to get that ball out if you're Baylor Romney, but you got to understand down in distance, you're fourth and seven. You need to plant your feet and see if you can find a guy beyond the sticks. Throwing it to Tyler Algier as he's veering towards the sideline two yards downfield, that's just not going to get it done. I just There were so many things in this game that just were out of sync for BYU. And as I said yesterday... It, <laughs> I come away from this thing that BYU was 
down and out about the fact that they did not make the New Year's Six, and they played as such. And anything I watched in that rewatch of the game, it didn't dissuade me from that thought when I was thinking about it. The other thing about the first half here, one other note here, is that the drive just before halftime, BYU had it with just over three minutes to go, if I recall correctly. They're down 21-14, to 14, and that's the time that BYU, at least most of this season this year, has been nails. They've been very good in two-minute situations. They've been able to move down the field effectively with some precision and get points. Whether it's three or seven, they've been able to do that. It did not happen in this game, and thinking about it, I just wonder... If the if Jaron Hall is under center in that situation, how much more precise it might have been because he's got more experience in it, I don't know. I am a believer that Baylor Romney is a more than capable quarterback for BYU, but he just did not have it in this game for whatever reason. It just it did not go for him. So it, I don't want to come off as too big of a hater, too big of a downer on this performance by BYU, but as I said on the Monday edition of the podcast, if you did not hear it, I just said that if you wanted to prove a point to the nation, to the playoff committee, that they overlooked you, well, you can't go out and lose a game of this caliber. It makes you look like you're a front runner. It makes you look like you're a guy that's totally cool if you're playing up against an opponent, but you played down to level your competition as well, and you played uninspired for a large portion of at least that first quarter. The second quarter was a better quarter. I felt like BYU woke up a little bit. Now, we'll talk about the second half and some of the takeaways I had of that just in a moment because... It continues, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser. It's not real good. So let's talk more about that. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, though, I need to talk to you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. Of course, I've been telling you about Prize Picks for some time now. And if you're still not signed up, what are you waiting for? Of course, you might want to check and make sure it's legal in your state to do so. But college football is obviously ongoing with bowl action. Prize Picks also makes college basketball that much more exciting. They are a daily leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football and basketball props than anybody in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers props you can think any prop you can think of. In hoops you can play points on average, rebounds, assists, threes made, and a whole lot more. Football, interceptions, thrones, rushing yards, passing yards. You, you guys get the gist. What you do is you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you went up to ten times back on any entry and it's just you versus those projected numbers. The best part is you can make your picks in just 60 seconds or less and get started right now at pricepicks.com or or you can download their award-winning app in your app store and get started there. And right now, all of our users that make their deposit and use the promo code Locked On, we can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You heard that right. A 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On. Once again, get over to their website, pricepicks.com, or download their app in your app store today. Price Picks is safe and does offer fast withdrawals of your winnings. So give it a shot, my friends. That is pricepicks.com or or get started on their app today. Use that promo code Locked On for that 100% instant deposit match. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is brought to you by one of our local sponsors, and that's our friends at Intercap Lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs than Intercap. And simply put, Intercap Lending gets deals done. They offer a quick and simple process. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And that is what Locked On's personal loan officer at Intercap, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On founder David Locke. 
And let's be clear, folks, if Steve can keep David on track throughout that entire process, Steve can help anybody. And though Intercap is new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, it is not a new company. Intercap has been assisting customers with all of their mortgage needs since 1978. That is 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with that experience since 2018. And it's absolutely phenomenal. I've met Steve. He is a great dude. And you will not find a more responsive loan officer. So you can reach out to him now. His direct number is 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. The best part is Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but they are licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states as well if you live outside the state. So reach out to Steve now, 385-800-8528, or go online to intercaplending.com to learn more there. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. All right, as we round out our podcast here on a Tuesday, let's talk about the second half of the UAB game, the Independence Bowl, and what I took away from that. Start off, BYU, for some reason, man, I know this sounds way too simplistic, but UAB brought on an extra offensive lineman as a blocking tight end. He wore the number 97. You probably all saw him, a guy who was absolutely just having the time of his life. John with BYU players getting extra shoves after the play, and he just absolutely got after it. And BYU, for whatever reason, never was able to adjust to it. He would flank BYU and just provided that extra blocking for a devastating rush attack for UAB that averaged over five yards per carry. Let me tell you this, folks. If you are averaging five yards per carry, that is a first down every other play. It is near impossible to win a football game if you're allowing that during a game. BYU's rush defense absolutely abysmal in this game, and they need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what they can do in the offseason. Whether it's officially sticking with a four-man front or just committing to playing the 3-4, you need to settle on alignment. I kept seeing four-man, five-man, three-man fronts for BYU. There's no consistency, and there's no consistency on gap control when they have those alignments. I think you can chalk that up to the fact that they are not comfortable with all of the different looks that they're being given. Whether that's coaching, whether that's scheme, whether it's just the players need to figure it out on their own and play better, I don't know. But I, I just I look at this and it is something that needs to be addressed in the offseason. Will it be addressed? I sure as hell hope so. Because if it's not, you're going to see more games like we saw against UAB. And you're going to see more games where BYU gets absolutely trounced in the run game. And teams like Baylor, they are more than intent to rush for 300 yards, send you, send you packing, and pat you on the back and say thanks for coming. That is what's going to happen if BYU cannot find a way to get better in rush defense. Do they need to hit the transfer portal and find some linebackers and defensive tackles that are actually able to defend the run? Maybe so, but it absolutely needs to be addressed. Uh, other things. The fullback dive for BYU on that fourth and one. In all honesty, that play should have worked. There is one thing that you cannot have on a fourth and one play on the play side. The, way, the pl- side that the play is going to, in this case, it was going to the right side. So you have Connor Pay at center, Joe Tukuafu at right guard, and then Campbell Barrington was at right tackle on that play. There is absolutely one thing you cannot have on that play, and it is a guy penetrating through the line and stuffing the point of attack in the backfield. And what happened on that play? Penetration, stuffed in the backfield, and they do not get the first down. 
absolutely abysmal on the offensive line on that play. If there's one thing that Coach Funk, Aaron Roderick are screaming at their offensive line, don't allow penetration. Do not allow penetration on play side on this play. And what happens? They allow play side penetration and it blows the play up. It was just kind of emblematic of things that just happened in this game time and time again. Samson Akua, I want to say, had one of his finest games as a BYU Cougar in his final game in a BYU uniform. I do not want that incompletion slash fumble, whatever you want, whatever you see it as, I do not want that to obscure what that young man did. He rushed for a touchdown, came with big passes, was fighting for extra yards. That is a kid that I believe should get an NFL shot. He has got the body, he's got the size, the hands. I hope he gets his look in the NFL and hopefully he sticks. I want to say a public thank you to that young man. He is taking a lot of abuse on social media, and he shouldn't, frankly. If you're, if you're going at players, if you're adding players, sending them direct messages and the like on social media, you're scum. You're a, as Lisa Wilson likes to say, you're a dick. Stop it. That stuff uncalled for. I do not want Samson Nakua to come away from his experience at BYU saying, wow, BYU fans are really, really rude. But... I want it to be clear. He had one of his finest games, in my opinion, in a BYU uniform. A willing blocker, a guy who was willing to do whatever it took to win. And the sad part is that final play has kind of obscured everything else he did in this game. But I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Now, through three quarters, Tyler Algier had 185 yards. He broke BYU's single-season rushing record. He finished with an absolutely incredible 1,601 yards. That is 1,600 yards on the season. Through three quarters, that young man had 185 yards. He finished with 192. BYU, in the third quarter, held the ball for a grand total of three minutes and four seconds. The simple fact that Tyler Algier only gained seven yards in the fourth quarter when BYU lost time of possession by 12 minutes almost abysmal on the defense I, I, I'm telling you folks re-watching this game a lot of what I thought watching it live came right back to me BYU's rush defense was atrocious. It was abysmal. It needs to be addressed. I'm not calling for people to lose jobs. That's not my job here. I cannot control that. I am just acknowledging the fact that BYU's rush defense, when you allow a team to run the ball down your throat time and time and time again, and you cannot stop it, that just... It, 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 it can't happen. Tyler Algier should have had 200-plus yards and should have had an opportunity to win this game for BYU. Instead, his defense failed him. They gave up almost 12 minutes of time of possession, allowed UAB just to get first down after first down, and absolutely crammed that ball down their throat, and they took it and took it and took it again. It's just It's not good enough. As many as five former walk-ons were on defense at the same time for BYU defensively during this game, the depth concerns for BYU are glaring. They were beat up this season. There's no doubt about it. But they need to continue to develop depth on defense. I am hopeful. Let me be clear about this. I am hopeful that with the year's progression, spring ball, weight room, skill development, all that, that a lot of the guys who will be back on BYU during the 2022 season will take a step. 
the concern is that once BYU lost a lot of their frontline starters on defense, the backups just were not good enough. BYU's offense, I think, is quite deep. I think they can go two and three deep in most positions on the offense and actually not see much of a drop-off. On the defense, it looks readily apparent that BYU has about 11 guys they can rely on, and all of a sudden, they're out of ideas. I don't know what else to say. It just it that's my observation after watching a season's worth of football. I have rewatched all these games. I'll rewatch them all at least two times probably during the offseason at random points just to kind of get a look at guys and that type of stuff, but I I, I don't know. I when BYU uh, had to give that ball back with three minutes and 36 seconds to go and you had three timeouts in your pocket, that should have been enough time for you to get a stop, get the ball back, and give your offense one more shot at this. Instead, BYU gives up three first downs and it's over. It's frustrating. I, I don't mean to keep going back to this well on this podcast, but it just was not good enough from BYU. Whether it was a player motivation issue, whether it was coaches getting out coached, whether it was a scheme issue that UAB found in a schematic advantage and just kept exploiting it, and BYU could not find the answer for it. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it just frankly was not good enough. And it leaves the season, as you go into the offseason, on a really, really sour note. It. Like I said, I don't want to come off as too much of a Debbie Downer, but that that performance may have been one of the poorest performances in the last two years for BYU overall as a team. And that's the frustrating part about it. All right, so that's it. That's what I've got. If you guys want to share your thoughts, I'd love to hear from you guys. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Feel free to email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. I've got some DMs and some uh, messages from you guys that I have gotten over the past 24 hours or so. I did not have a chance to get to them today on the podcast. I promise you I'll get to them tomorrow. I know guys like Chris out there are good friends uh, just out there sending us messages. I'll be happy to address those on tomorrow's podcast. So please bear with me. Casey, I know you sent one in as well. We'll get to all of those on tomorrow's show. A quick note for you guys, BYU Women's Basketball is wrapping up non-conference play uh, tonight. They are up in Missoula taking on Montana State. 7 o'clock Mountain Time tip-off. It'll be on ESPN Plus streaming live if you want to watch the women's team in action. And congratulations to the BYU Women's team. They moved up in the national polls one spot from number 20 to number 19. So congratulations to them. They are officially inside the top 20 once again. And obviously, looking to finish off non-conference play in style tonight against the Montana State Bobcats. All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make Locked On Big 12 your second listen of the day. Get caught up on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference with our good friend Josh Neighbors. He does it in 30 minutes or less, and it is free and available on all podcasting platforms out there. That'll do it. Have a good one, my friends, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 21st, 2021, and we will talk to you guys manana.